0: I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett, and this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare us to fly. And Marjorie, today we're going to talk a little bit about one of your favorite topics—yes, fashion, clothing, yes. clothing—how they can either make or break your day. Isn't that the <laughs> truth? <laughs> so we have a really fun guest today and a really fun theme, and so I'm calling it the Heart of Fashion. And I know Marjorie that you are going to fall in love with the woman that we're talking to today. Just like I have. So our guest today is Megan Tampty, and she is the co-founder and co-CEO of Ever Eve. If this is a clothing store that you're not familiar with, you got to get with the program, my friend. So they're based here in the Twin Cities. They're closing in on 100 locations across the country. I don't know. They might have even passed it because every time I turn around, they're opening a new store and I can't keep track. So Marjorie, Megan is a former teacher, and she started her company with one store after a pivotal moment. She was in a dressing room and in a store and had a real lonely... An overwhelming shopping experience When she was a new mom So after that Ever Eve was born And it's booming But what I love about this Is that Ever Eve Is not just about the clothes It's about expecting fashion And experiencing joy And they begin and end Just about every interaction With the phrase With heart oh. Marjorie you see it When you walk in I mean it's in tile In their locations On the oh. floor When you walk in that's how the emails are signed. It's really wonderful. But as much passion as Megan has for her business, she has an even greater commitment to her home and the family that she is raised there. So, we're kind of going to answer this question today How do you bring your best to the nest when you have a company to run?
1: <laughs> can
0: feel a little overwhelming <laughs> on some days, and Megan is here to share her roadmap. Good morning, Megan. Good morning. Oh, good morning. So happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. I just love hearing your voice. And Megan and I have gotten to work together on all sorts of different things. Ever Eve has become sort of my my second closet because I go there to get clothes for Twin Cities Live. And I go and see the girls once a week. And it has really changed how I look at shopping and clothes because it's always been something that's been a struggle for me. It's always been something that's been like, oh, I have to figure out what to wear on TV. And it's been my least favorite part of the job. And Megan, your your stores are about an experience. And that's something that's so intentional with you.
1: Yes. Absolutely. It is about an experience we call, we actually call our experience heart a hard experience. So tell people who have never been there what that means and why it's a different experience than just walking into a department store. It's
2: a different experience because we are we're very clear with the women that work at Ever Eve that we want to hire women that love fashion that are just radical about fashion but love people more. It starts with really caring about the women that walk through our doors and choosing to
1: make the experience more than just like a sales experience but yeah. making it an experience from the heart so does that mean that so if somebody comes in that you're actually going to help them you're going to style with them or you're going to yeah okay that's wonderful yeah. you know it, it, we're, we're going to get to know them so we're going to we're going to when when someone comes into an never store
2: our stylists are going to want to talk to them get to know who they are to to see them for who they are because the more information, the more we know our customers, the more we can use that information to guide them to product that is right for them. At the end of the day, that's our stylist goal is to make these women feel like the best version of themselves. And in order to do that job, the stylists have to, they have to have a relationship with the customer. They have to know her, know who she is, not just a customer, but know her as a woman so we can do our job.
0: Feels like an you extension know? of your closet where you're going in and then you're with friends and you're kind of figuring things out. And it does then, I think you bring that heart home because when Absolutely. you bring items and we, you talk about this, Megan, I mean, fashion is fashion and clothes and it's trends and whatever, but it is bigger than that because when you bring items home that work for you, that you feel good in, that fit you well. Then when you go to your closet to pick something to wear, it's an effortless experience. And I think that has a huge impact on your life. I mean, I know for me being on television, it's a different day than most people, but it's the same fundamentals. You want to feel good about what you're wearing and how you look and you don't want to think too much about it. You just want to do it and go for it. And I will have better shows than other shows if I feel good in what I'm wearing versus what I'm not wearing. That's just the truth. Fashion is important. It
2: is worth the time. I think it takes thirty minutes in the dressing room of playtime to find a couple cute outfits. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes like like I
1: just think like sometimes
2: in our minds we need to like commit thirty minutes of playtime in a dressing room and say, okay, I'm just gonna i I'm just gonna take the time. And also I think women need to realize it's gonna be a workout. Like yeah. you can count get your like you can count that if you need to save time, just like count that as your workout for the day. Be like, I'm not gonna go to the gym, I'm going to Ever Eve for thirty minutes because finding the right outfit it is. I think sometimes women don't understand. It takes trial and error.
1: Yes. It does. Yeah. It
2: doesn't matter if you're petite or curvy. For women, it, it, for almost every, for everybody, it is a game of, of trial and error. I mean, sometimes you might feel like, oh, I have this outfit on. It doesn't quite feel like me, so I need to try it with a different top. I like these pants, but I want to wear it with a different top so I feel like me. Or some women, if you know what, this doesn't fit, this is too big. Or I can't find this because it fits my body type. At the end of the day, I don't care who you are, finding a great outfit does require...
0: Hard work. Yeah, it totally <laughs> it does. Well, to You're making me feel a lot better about being winded in dressing rooms often, <laughs> Megan. I mean, if
2: you want, again, if you want a great outfit, if you want an outfit that brings you joy... You are going to have to commit to a little bit of work, like a (laughs) little bit of workout.
1: (laughs) Here's what I love what you just said, because this is a longstanding belief, and Elizabeth knows this about me, that going and looking and trying on beautiful clothes is playtime. I think the idea of of going in, like, I'm just going to play here and experiment and and bring my
2: friends or my girlfriend or my mom. I mean, those are really great ways to help get that amazing outfit that you want. And what a... What I love
1: too is the idea of a curated experience because I think totally I think what a lot of us leave behind, or I'll just say from myself, is I'll find a great dress and then I sort of stop there, and yes. so then I get home and I have that great dress, but I didn't think about what shoes and I didn't think about a necklace and I didn't think outfit, about right? I didn't yeah. think about it from beginning to end. So that dress will sit in my closet and it's there, totally. but it's not like really ready to go. And I think this idea of going being able to go into because I don't think department stores. Do this anymore? I really don't. Right. You can't go into a department store and expect to get a lot of great attention. There just right. there just aren't enough people on the floor anymore. Well, it's right. true,
0: and that's the thing about when you go into Evereve, which I think sets it apart from any other retail experience, is that you end up with a community. I mean, and I'm not the only one. I walk in there, and I know all the girls. But that happens yeah. to everybody. I see other customers walking in, and they know the girls that are working there too. And that's so cool. Totally. And there's
2: yeah. that. And again, and so I love that because it's, I love that, like, I mean, we know what brings joy. What brings real joy is connecting with other people, right? And so I love that idea that, yeah, like coming into an average store, we're going to talk. We're going to, like,
0: talk to you, right? Yeah. Like, we're going to get to know you. It's, it's um, absolutely true. So, Megan, I want to back up a little bit from the time now where... Ever Eve is super successful. You had your two babies. Your little babies flew the coop. They left the nest within the last yes. couple of years. Yes. And you're sort of redefining what your life looks like now, I think particularly outside of work. But when you yes. were raising your kids and raising your business, I think this is so fascinating. You came up with this concept that there were going to be three areas in life that you were focusing on. And if tasks or activities or time commitment or basically things to put your energy towards didn't fit into those buckets, it wasn't getting done. Yep. Can you talk yep. about that, that intentional yeah. decision and how that re- was so yes. freeing for you? I remember starting this business.
2: Um, I was, it took me two years of thinking time to finally commit to doing this because the thing that I, I worried most about was my children. I think, you know, like, oh, if I follow my dream, is it gonna hurt my children and is it gonna harm them? And I think those are really real questions. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, I'm so proud of myself and so grateful that I made the decision to go for it because I think in the end that is the best gift that I can give to my children, um, especially now that they're out of the house. You know, my daughter, it's cute. My daughter just chased a dream of hers, and she did it. Like, she had a dream, and she went for it. And I'm, like, so proud because I'm, like, I think I showed her how to do yep,
0: that. Yeah, for sure you did. So, you modeled but it, yeah. at
2: the same time, I think we need to listen to those feelings of concern, right? Like, I think we need to listen to, like, why am I why am I scared about this? Yeah. I think those are very real feelings we need to listen to. And so I think something that really helped me, I mean, I was really – the conversations we had in our home, Mike and I, were okay, if we do this, we are not gonna sacrifice being a good parent, like a healthy home. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go start this business that at the time was about serving moms and like not feel like a healthy, happy
0: like, <laughs> Yeah. That like, would sort like, of defeat the purpose,
2: right? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so we were very intentional and talked a lot about that before. Like what are we gonna do? And one of the things we decided to do was to get very clear on our top priorities. For that time in our life. And so, because we, we knew we wanted to start a business like this business piece with, you know, we had investors, like we, we, were, we have employees, like we're committed to like, we, we have to build a, a strong business. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be there for our family. We're gonna, and we can talk more about what that looks like in a minute. My kids, my family is gonna be a priority. And then for us, our faith is very important. So that's, that's something we're gonna nurture as well. Mm-hmm. And, and really, like those three areas, we just, I think in the busiest time in our life when we were starting a business with young kids, we just said we had this filter and we were like... No 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 if anything didn't fit under those three those three priorities. That's and really so smart. For many, many, many years we operated like that. Well and some of that, it Megan, does. comes
0: along with you, um, this concept of soul time that you that you yes. instituted into your life and I always give Megan a hard time because it starts so early and I'm thinking, How in the world can you get up this early? <laughs> but she she starts her day very, very early with some really intentional time and it's I've been thinking yeah. a lot about my mornings. And how I want my mornings to look different from how they currently look. (laughs) Because right now my mornings feel like I'm getting up to start to chase the day and I Don't like that feeling So what is so important About your soul time In the morning And what's happening there
2: Yeah Well what I realized um, About seven Eight years ago As this company Was growing bigger And bigger And bigger And the kids Were teenagers Is I just I needed to invest More energy And time Into what I would Say soul work So I I didn't want To lose my soul Like (laughs) all these Like I think If I, I If I show up For my kids As a whole person If I show up At Ever Eve As a whole Person um, and and happy and not stressed out that goes really far. So I actually got to this point eight years ago as my number one job as a CEO. My number one job as a mom is to show up whole. And part of, I think whole for me is nurturing my more spiritual side. And, and that's really important. And so I did make a decision that I was a little nervous about because for me, I have found I'm morning quiet time. Like I'm more of introverted. Like I'm very reflective. So I, I just, I felt like my life was so, had gotten so spiraled out of control, just a lot of demands on me, but I just needed to commit to like, some quiet time to work on my, like, to work on my soul. So whether it was, like, reading some spiritual work or writing, you know, I write prayers down, just spending time nurturing my spirit. And I remember I made this decision when the kids were, like, in junior high and and high school, and I struggled. In this, like with thinking that I needed to pop up and make this like perfect breakfast for these kids. I, you know, how selfish of me to sit in this room and say, don't talk to me, mom's doing full time. And so, I mean, but I, I, in my mind, I felt like at the end of the day, these kids should be able to make their own breakfast. Absolutely. I I had a I had a parent educator tell me once, and I love this. I loved ECFE and here in Minnesota, like these parent educator classes, they were so valuable to me. But this one parent educator said, "Your kid, if they can do it, they should do it." Yes. Right. I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." An eighth grader and a sophomore in high schooler should be able to make their breakfast.
1: That's very yes.
0: true. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, it sounds silly, yes. but it really is. I mean, I think that you know? is so important for a lot of moms to like, hear, Megan, okay. because we are enabling our children by not teaching them you to know, fry an egg.
2: I was like, trust me, if he wants a an, an scrambled egg, that kid can get himself a scrambled egg. And if he <laughs> ends up hungry at school, that feeling's not good. So he's going to, if he's smart, like and I know he's smart, he's going to figure out, I don't want that feeling at school. So maybe I need to make an egg for myself. You know what I mean? Like, I trust my kids enough to know. They're they're going to survive. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to survive. We're going to bust And anyway, I do love, I do love, there's nothing more fun on those days when I do make a you know when I did make a great meal because I love that too but I think for me at that time it was like what's more important here and I, I decided it is more important that these kids have a mom that is that is whole and is feeling strong and healthy than a mom that dressed out making the perfect again I go back to like well don't moms just make perfect meals like isn't that the job of a mom yeah. to like deliver breakfast for their kids the bigger the better you know and so it's interesting because I made that decision and the kids were raised in the morning and they will tell you this because they now will loudly broadcast to everybody what kind of mom you were. and they will say you were that was your sacred time that was we saw you praying we saw you in that reading we saw you just working on yourself and what's really cool about that is my daughter who is now 22 she's experienced some life adversities and you know, she went to college and she was super homesick and she leaned into what, what got her through some of our hard times alone, away from the nest, right? (laughs) Was, oh my gosh, I saw my mom nurture her soul. Maybe now, maybe I need to do that. And so she really does a great job in her own way of, of nurturing her soul. And I think as parents, that's part of our job is, to work on the spiritual full development of our children. I mean, that's necessary for a whole child and for a whole, you know, an adult. So I just feel so grateful that I made that choice because I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing how that influenced her in her life and helped her get that's out of, so great. you know, that she and, found herself
0: there.
1: Yeah. So. And that that's always the thing I say to Elizabeth, what's so interesting, you know, her children are small right now, but for us, where the kids are out in the world, it is an interesting to thing to watch and to see what you modeled, good or bad, living in the world. Because they pick right, it up. Right. They pick up. And what they she pick picked she picked up from you was a really beautiful idea of how to nurture yourself, but how to problem-solve how to cope, all of those things. And then the flip side of that is I think that that idea, and this goes away from soul time, the blessing of you doing that for yourself are the tools that you gave your kids to take care of themselves. And Elizabeth knows this a little bit about me, but when my kids were probably in fifth and seventh grade, I think, maybe a little bit younger than that, I started doing the radio show with my husband in the morning, which meant I was on the air from five until nine in the morning. Well, every mother knows that's like the key chaos time. (laughs) that's you're trying to get your kids off to school and it doesn't you know for a lot of moms it doesn't get easier when they're in middle school sometimes it gets harder because they're harder to get out of bed and they might be a little bit more willful but in our family mom was on the radio at home my studio was at home dad was on the radio in the studio at the radio station we couldn't do anything for them they had to do everything for themselves early on it was like guys get up about a bed or don't get up out of bed but you got to get to school you got to get your lunches made you got to get you got to do it all yeah and I will tell you that was such a great thing for them in learning it's self-sufficiency so and feeling really good about themselves it's good for them
2: to have to deal with a little bit of adversity and have to figure things out and, and to trust to know for them to know that we trust them that they can figure that out. That's but, very empowering for them. Uh, well I think it? it's yep. super
0: empowering and I think when you are setting a home up where there is that safety and that sanctuary and that mutual respect, then you have that confidence to take on some more yep. of those tasks. And I know Megan the idea of stress at home is something that you've been really intentional about too. Yes. And that yes. I mean I'm really convinced that you can't can't have a happy nest if you're stressed. And I no, just made up that no. really great rhyme right there. And I don't know how it <laughs> happened, but yeah, I, love it. I, I did.
2: Love have, and I, yeah. and so I'm I so gifted. Want. I would have migraines. And you know what I mean? Like there were points where it was like, I'd have migraines and be on the, so I, I just tried, especially when the kids were little, to eliminate whatever was causing me stress. One of the things I weighed out was volunteering at the kids' school for like field trips. When I would do that, it would
0: push me over the edge. When you talk about the company culture at Evereve, I mean, because you have—I mean, it's got to be ninety percent women working there, right? I mean, you have a huge yeah, ninety-nine
2: point five. And then you're it's all
0: the women. And then it's Megan's (laughs) husband, Mike. And he's just he's just like playing a game of Frogger in that place, just figuring out (laughs) where is he going to go. But I wonder how you help to institute that in a workplace where you have to get stuff done. I mean, everybody has their role and has things to get done. But at the same time, I mean, I think more than ever, what women want out of the workplace is flexibility and Mm -hmm. some freedom. So how are you making that work in a corporate setting? And then for the rest of us who are managing work, how can we advocate for that? For in our own lives,
2: I feel that it's really, I mean, for us, and again, we have two worlds we have the retail world and we have our home office here. I think, I think it's a lot, it, honestly, a lot of times it's just about the leaders and what the leaders prioritize. And I mean, we have, Mike and I have the luxury, we have always prioritized our family. We've, we had dinner with our kids, we, were, we, we built a $150 million business. With young kids, and we never miss dinner at night. Wow! There you go.
1: Never. There you go.
2: And we we the dinners were not perfect. Sometimes they were picked up. Sometimes, but we never, never. And again, our kids will. When people ask, because they're old enough, where people ask, they they actually will tell you it felt so good to have dinner every night as a family. And I felt like that was a priority we made that really grounded us. So no matter how crazy the days were, we are home every night, six o'clock, the whole family's gathering around the table. And so I think that the spirit of that does kind of radiate and, and throughout this company. So I think we hire people that value their families, that want a great career, are going to go to work and then value that family time. So I think just kind of modeling that I think is powerful. I do. I'm a huge fan. So you know, I think not our retail stores, but our home office. People do clear out. We're not here crazy hours because Mike and I leave. And and it, the funny thing. Mike, this is just a side note. After the kids were gone, Mike and I were like, "Well, what do we do with the dinner thing?" <laughs> 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 the was we decided to still do it, which I think is adorable. Yep. Like, well, we could each go our own way, and we we made it. A conscious decision, and thought, well, that probably isn't. It's you and me. The rest of the the next forty years, maybe yeah. we should have dinner together. <laughs> you know, and it's not every night. It's not like we can't miss a night having dinner. But I think the the mindset is sort of like, yeah, we do dinners tonight versus like I could so easily see it have like if we unless we made that intentional decision and talked about it I think it could have easily turned into like I'm going to the gym I'm doing this I'm doing that you're doing this you do that and I could see it easily moving the other way so I just think that was a fun conversation however I was going to say the other thing I'm a huge believer in is just recognizing that there are different seasons in our kids lives where if women need to take a step back and or men need to take a step back like I'm super open as an employer to conversations about do you need to work 80 percent? Do you need to bring back down to 60? Oh. Do you need to go 20? Do you need to go 100? I just I'm so open to those conversations, and we have many women and men, I w- I would say I'm not saying not men because we have many
0: <laughs> right <laughs>
2: really all women like I don't want to be I'm not trying to be sexist and say men don't feel that's like this, just
0: your I'm company's experience yeah yeah <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. Is that we've had many people really kind of navigate that. Like I'm 80% now because this is going on and it's a little hard. And then now I'm 100. And I, I love those conversations because for me, it is a journey of kind of adjusting to your own life and what's going on in your family. And that's I I do like those conversations. That's amazing.
1: So that's amazing. And I I would say, Megan, that your employees, the kind of loyalty that would breed, I mean, is is has to be good for the bottom line. And I think that's what I would love other companies to see, that when you give women and men that flexibility to be a balanced whole person, to raise their families, to take care of their elderly parents, to do the things that they need to do in life they will give even more to a company. Mm -hmm. I believe that in my heart. I really do. Mm -hmm. That's extraordinary. Yeah, Yeah,
2: and I think we just... Yeah, we just care. So I think that goes a long way in terms of just how how people navigate that within our company. Well, and then
0: when we bring it back to being your best at your nest, I mean, all that's doing is taking the values that you've instituted in your home, in your nest, and then you have the opportunity to impact the nests of everybody who works for you. Because Mm -hmm. that is so true. I mean, our work is so integral to our happiness at home. I mean, it is very Mm -hmm. hard to have, I always say that I think it's harder to recover from a tough day at home than it is to recover from a tough day at work. Yeah. That being said, it is still very difficult to not bring a tough day at work into your home. And when you're feeling so stretched or you're feeling not valued, or you're feeling like you're having to compromise life at home in order to accomplish what you need to accomplish at work, it's just not, it's not sustainable. And I don't think you're going to get the best out of people. And I just love that, that you are integrating that into, into it's everything. Huge. And it shows, I, do, I mean, it shows when I you go in the feel, stores. Yeah.
2: I do feel, think a lot about the greatest contribution that I can make, you know, as a leader, as a community member, as a person that cares about the world. And so a lot of time as a mom, you know, I think about my role and, and what, where, where do I want to make impact? Where do I want to have influence? And of course, I'm always thinking different things and different ideas. And one of the things that I keep coming back to all the time, because I lead a company and I'm a CEO, is I want to do and and it's what I'm passionate about. I want to do whatever I can to help work be joyful. Yeah, mm. because all of us have to work. Like work is yeah. a part of our life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Work doesn't go away. Work is, work is such a part of the human experience. I believe it's good. Yes. I believe like we are born to like work. Like, you know.
0: And to have a purpose.
2: I just, I just, right, and have a purpose. And I just spend a lot of time thinking, how can I make work joyful for the people that come to work at Evereve and and commit at least eight hours a day to this company. How can I make their time here joyful so they can go home and, and be the best for their family? Right? That's so amazing! So that's, that's so great. That's like what I that's, what I. that's what I. That's what I think. You know. That's what I think a lot about. That's probably what I think mo- most about is how to. And, and a lot of it is is how we treat each other. It's our culture. I call it you know our heart culture, and heart is an acronym for also for our values of humility and empathy and authenticity and relationship and tenacity. So I think about if we are. If we are treating each other with these values here, I feel like work is joyful when we treat each other with humility. It's so when we good, treat Megan. Each other with
0: empathy. You're so, so that's good.
2: A, that's really where I spend a lot of my time thinking. That gets me excited. It doesn't mean like, oh, I'm gonna like have all this flexible, job, you know? Because the reality is, we're running a business, yeah. And, and, right. And it's for years I struggled wanting to be everything to everybody, you know, like oh gosh, we've got to have this and this and this. But we're we're running a profitable business that's growing, and and so I just feel like if I can make those eight hours joyful, and and the, the culture and how people treat each other, a great culture, that's the best gift that I can
1: give. So that's what I think a lot about. And I would say that that's probably one of the major reasons your company's growing. Oh, honestly, well, is you. because is because it starts with people. It starts with how your shops make people feel and Mm -hmm. your employees have to feel good about being there in order to make other people feel good about being there. So that I think is really exciting. And it all comes back to
0: that original idea of what brings joy is connection that you said, you know, at the beginning of the podcast. And so if you can integrate that into all areas of your life, it's so important. Megan, you're a joy. I love spending time with you. you Getting to know you has just been such a wonderful Our dinner, dinner, girl. (laughs) Yeah, because now you have dinner with you and Mike, and then. We you will... might
2: have to say no
0: to me. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. I will text you with dinner dates today. Don't you? When I'm on my I date with my husband tonight, I'll text you dinner dates. <laughs> oh, I love yes, that. I love that. Okay, Megan, that. go on so... with your day, girl. And we just um, we Thank love you, you and appreciate your time. All right. Thank love you. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Bye-bye. Megan. Marjorie, she's one of those people that it's like when I met you, I just had that connection right away, where I felt okay. This is someone that I want to be around, and that. They're there are things about her that I want to emulate and I just feel the more you find those women and you listen to what you call the still small voice yep when you listen to the still small voice that says oh wait a second oh wait a second I'm like I have an attraction to her I want to yep. be in her realm yep. that reaching out is so important and you know and then making those friendships where It doesn't have to be that that person is your new best friend and you hang out with them every day, but it's just having them in your in your village.
1: It's so important and what's so interesting about Megan is that idea of what she's doing for other women. And the more that you support her or anybody supports her, that kind of work model, that kind of CEO that's saying your whole life is important to my company, that is that's going to change the world for lots of women. Yeah. And to work for a company that understands the complexity of what it means to have a happy life, to have a good life, You having a good life at work means your kids are going to be happier, too. And that that's a pretty powerful thing. So I love spreading her message. That's really, really wonderful. I do, too. So fun. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast and share it with a friend. If you have a moment, please give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Thanks to IGR58. She says, I so enjoy listening to the show. I'm a grandma in my 60s, but such good information for me to think about, too. Along with my daughter, a mother of a four-year-old and a newborn, I recommend your show to her. I know she'll love it. Thanks for the insight, the friendship I feel, and the laughs. Oh, we love you.
0: Thank you for listening. Please reach out to us. You can find both of us on Instagram at best to the nest or at Eliz Reese and at it's me Marjorie One. We're also on Facebook and Twitter and Marjorie, we have a brand new Facebook group, a Best to the Nest group. Did you know that? We do? We do. Can you tell me about that? Yes, I'll tell you all about it. You can just go to the Best of the Nest group, search for it, request (laughs) to be a member. I will approve you, and you're in on the fun. That applies to you, Marjorie, and everyone who's listening. (laughs) Maybe I should be part of that group. (laughs) Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) Bye.
1: Kristen here, reminding you not to do things. What I mean is, with same-day delivery for everything from gifts to groceries, you only have to do the things you want to do. To not do the other things, visit shipped.com. That's S-H-I-P-T dot Searching for the perfect gift idea for that hard-to-buy person on your list? The Allbirds Wool Runner is a natural fit. The Wool Runner is super cozy, super comfy, and super giftable. It's made with ZQ-certified merino wool, a naturally cozy material that offers next-level comfort and a lower environmental impact. The cushioned midsole and versatile design offer all-day comfort in a classic style you can wear every day, even in a winter wonderland. And its fully machine-washable construction makes it easy to keep your shoes looking like new. Allbirds shows off the Woolrunner's carbon footprint right on the shoe so you can see the difference for yourself. On top of that, they actually offset that carbon footprint to zero, making the Wool Runner completely carbon neutral. So you can stay cozy and tread lighter on the planet. This holiday season, give tidings for comfort and coziness with the Allbirds Woolrunner. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com.